hopefully I can get all the way through Peter Kent this time. February 3rd, 2002. See the bigger picture. Dear Peter, I wish you had been with me for class this morning. It was one of those moments in time where you see the bigger picture open up before you and wish you could share it with the one who means the most to you. The message is 2,000 years old. Nothing new, just a new outlook on it for me, I guess. We were reading from Matthew 6, verse 5, Matthew 6, verse 5 and onward. The lesson actually started in chapter 5, and if you don't read anything else this year, these two chapters say it all about everything. The lesson I learned today was on prayer and praying the way God said he wanted us to pray. You probably know the Lord's Prayer by heart. We all memorized it as children, but today it held special significance to me that the one who I pray to cared enough about how I would do it that he wrote it all down. It also got me to thinking about how I take things for granted sometimes. When I pray, I feel warm, surrounded in light, and like I am standing right in front of God. I come to God in that moment and always expect the same feeling, so it never feels out of the ordinary if I am initializing a conversation with God. When he initiates a conversation with me, I hear him as that little voice usually, and there is no grandeur that accompanies the voice to let me know for sure that it is God's. I think that is why I fail to listen sometimes. When you pray with me, I feel like huge angelic wings of light have suddenly embraced us both, and in that moment I am in awe and I am in awe and one with the man that I love and the creator of us both. At the end of the prayer, it is if it is at the end of the prayer, it is as if your words are then spirited upward by the one who promised to be our mediator. I am left feeling that we have both been heard and that our lives will be better. I feel all of that every time we pray, but never told you, but never said to you what the experience was like for me. I want to thank you for being that man you are and for your acknowledgement of what is really important. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you are need of, you have need of, before you ask him. Verse 9. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Number Verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, and forgive our debts as we forget our debtors. Verse, this, verse 13, and lead, us not in temp and lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On a separate note, I want you to know how proud I am of you and your decision to make good on your student loans. It means so much to me that you would choose to do the honorable thing and to stand behind your word and that you did that all on your own. When you told me about the loans, when I saw the bills, I wondered what you would choose to do. I contemplated talking to you about how important a promise is to me. 
and that when you break a promise to anyone, it is the same as if you break your word to me. I never had to have that conversation with you, and that, in and of itself, speaks volumes about your integrity. I am so proud of you, and that affects the way I feel about myself. The most important accomplishment of my life will be to stand before God knowing that in everything I have done, I have been the best kind of person that I could be. A huge part of that for me is the choice I have made with my life partner. I know he will forgive my stupidity of the past, but this time around I hope to show better judgment. I believe that the man I choose to spend my life with is a reflection on my deepest beliefs and therefore an extension of who I am. When I see you making the tough decisions, taking the hard and narrow road, and being better than society expects you to be, I am encouraged. I am humbled to tears. I am honored to share a life with you. There is a beautiful song that I've been looking for the words to, and this morning, right on cue, one of my volunteers sent it to me out of the blue. I have put it on your page here, Sage Advice, at http forward slash forward slash www.electricmedicine.info slash sage underscore advice dot htm. Signed, Carol. Then this was Peter's response to me. You are one outstanding woman. I should thank God daily that he placed us together. I wish to play Boom Boom before we leave and when we get to Sarasota, please. I wish to know 45 minutes before you get home so that I can get myself ready for you. You are so outstanding. I love the degree of integrity you have. The only thing that prevented me from engaging the student loan thing was my feeling sorry for myself that I was not in practice. Silly, but I think that is the reason. However, I do owe a bunch of folks money, and I wish to get productive and clean up the energy like that out there. You are so dear to me. I am grateful that I have someone like you to love. February 4th, 2002. You can call the shots anytime. Dear Peter, you can call the shots anytime. I am always the beneficiary of your loving ways. I agree that the prolonged glow was because we were in between sessions, but I feel that we are always in between sessions. Loving you is a 24-7 experience for me. No, bin no beginning and no end. It permeates all of my life, and that makes it so unique and so special. I want to spend every moment with you and find it hard to pull away and do the things we each have to do outside of our bond. You asked today if we would feel any different if we were married. I know from loving Don for the first 11 years prior to our marriage and the 11 years after that I feel the same in or out of marriage. The only real difference for me is the legitimacy of my relationship before man and God. I know that the life I live now is not acceptable before God and that I set a very bad example for all who come to know me by living with a man who is not my husband. I don't know if God would approve our marriage, since we were married before, and our divorces were not for the only scripturally approved reasons of infidelity. My husband was unfaithful, but I divorced him because I hated him, not for the right reasons. I can only pray that should, I can only pray that should we choose that path, the Lord will be forgiving of our past mistakes and judge us on who we have become, not who we were. I am not a member of the church I attend because I live in a manner that is not acceptable. I would not wish to bring shame on others who are members by my lifestyle being cause for criticism. I was asked by a woman who has known me from childhood 
to give my contact info for the church directory for the first time Sunday. The directory is not a membership role, but just a way that we can all contact each other and know each other's birthdays. I filled it in, but reminded her that my marital status precludes me from asking to be a member. I thought that perhaps she had forgotten and was trying to give her a graceful way not to include my information. No one there looks down on me because they know me, but I choose to not publicly affiliate myself with them because others, looking on from outside, could well say that our church is full of hypocrites because one of them lives with a man who is not her husband and the others have accepted her into the membership. Marriage doesn't cure the issue, but it is more acceptable than my current situation. That became a very long explanation of something only on the fringe of the subject, and that wasn't my intent. What I want to know is how it would change your... I guess this is still me writing. That became a very long explanation of something only on the fringe of the subject, and that wasn't my intent. What I want to know is how it would change your feelings. You brought it up, but you didn't give any indication of what marriage means to you and how you feel about the difference. I would like to know your heart on the matter. Tell me what you feel, though, and not what you think I want to hear. I would hope that you always feel safe enough to do that. Love, Carol. Peter wrote back, saying, Marriage is something I have had a bad attitude about my entire life until you. I do not say that because I want to get married. I say that because I know what you are, what you believe, and what your family is like. I will marry you if you bring home someone else. I will marry you if you bring home someone else once each quarter. It has to be a female. Sorry, that was a joke. You are an incredible creature in every way in imagine. You are an incredible creature in every way imaginable. I have no problem wishing to be the best that I can for you and wanting to be with you always. What do I feel about marriage? I do not think that being married to you would change anything about the way I feel about us, and that is strange for me to say. I have always thought that marriage was giving up my freedom, but you are quite all I would ever want. I honestly put it on I honestly put it on for the feel of it at times, and it does not feel bad. You are the biggest person I have ever met. Your heart and your incredible love for me is so filling. I was thinking about you lying beside me as I watched the game for a long time before I said anything. I just could not have felt better, and I wanted to let you know how good it felt. It is like our energies mesh. You are such a consistent person, so consistent a lover, so consistent a deep-feeling and giving woman. What else can I say other than I love having you beside me each night and I love waking up next to you each morning? If there is anything deeper that I could feel for anyone, I do not know what that might be. I marvel at you doing so well. I marvel at you doing so well what I started doing when I stopped flying. My life has been exciting, but not productive in a material way. I do not wish to trade anything that I have done for material things, but it seems I surely lack in that area. It would seem to me that with our mutual goals of making a better world for humanity, you and I will do something of and with the love we have for each other. I only ask that you begin to enjoy sex with me. PK. He was kidding. February 6, 2002. Apparently this is my last love letter from Peter Kent. He says, Carol, I am so incredibly happy today. 
Nothing has changed other than my thoughts of last evening. You are so incredibly pleasant to be with. I do love you, and I love what we do when we are together, be it at work or otherwise. PK. And then this is from me, talking to myself. It is the last mention I find of our correspondence. I couldn't ignore the mounting evidence that he was just using me to provide a home, a place for all of his stuff, and spending money so that he could chase other women. So there you go, Peter Kent, the end. <laughs>